Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We've just gone through Easter and uh, over the past um, week or two, I've really been meditating uh, on the love of God. I've really been looking at my personal life. I was reflecting on my, uh, on my journey through life to where I am now. And I was really overwhelmed by the love of God. I was really, I felt really overwhelmed by the power uh, of God's love in my own personal life and in my loved ones around me. And so God gave me a word during this time. And that is what I'm going to be talking to you about this morning, which I have entitled The Power of God's Love. Praise the Lord, the power of God's love. And I'm just going to quickly, I'm just going to quickly read from Romans. It's going to be Romans chapter 5. And I'll read from verse 6. Romans chapter 5, from verse 6, it says, For when we were still without strength, in due time, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For, sca for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Verse 8 says, But God demonstrated his love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Praise the Lord. There are three words that, uh, that really uh, stuck to me when I read this. Number one, we were ungodly. Number two, we were sinners. Number three, we were powerless. Um, verse, verse six says we were powerless. Verse seven uh, says we were ungodly. Verse 8 says we were, uh, we were sinners. But in that state, Christ chose to die for us. And the earlier part of the scripture says, even for a righteous man, no one would uh, probably dare to die. But Christ chose to die for us while we were still sinners. That's a powerful demonstration of love. What a way to reveal Deep love. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to put this Bible here because I'm going to use my notes here. Praise the Lord. You see, love is one of the deepest needs that every human has. Every human heart yearns for love. When love is withheld or when we feel unloved or we feel that love is not being communicated to us, there is some bitterness that might start to arise from inside. There is a cry, there is a pain. Every human, every human is created with that longing to be loved and for love to be communicated to them. We, we were created such that we can receive love and we can give love. And there is something that is satisfying about, about that. We can have riches in money, in property and everything. But when love is not present, we have got a big problem. And every heart cries and every heart yearns 
we can understand philosophies, we can be educated, we can study theology from start to finish. But if we fail to understand the power of God's love, if we fail to understand the impact of love on human life, we have missed something that is very important. Karl Barth, one of the greatest theology teachers from the past, he's, he, after teaching theology for years, he summarized his theology and said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Let me say the story in the Bible from beginning to the end is a revelation of God's love for humanity. You can explore from Genesis all the way through until we get to, to the book of Revelation. All we see is about the love of God. The love of God uh, stands out as the bookmark of the Bible. When God starts to demonstrate love as he connected with his people in the Garden of Eden, when he created them from the beginning. And at the end, the, the, uh, at the end of the Bible, in uh, 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 Revelations chapter 22, the Bible tells us uh, uh, that now I, uh, uh, the, the revelator said, now I saw the city and God was present with his people in the city. What does that tell me? It tells me the heart of God is so much filled with the love that he wants demonstrate to give and that he wants to be connecting with his people through his love. Understanding God's love helps us to be able to give genuine love. As humans, we are limited in our ability to give love. Our love most of the time is perverted because most of the time it is structured or it's built based on what I get in return. If I give this love, what do I receive in, uh, in return? When we start to feel that we are not getting the reciprocation that we are expecting, the temptation is to withdraw the love. The temptation is to give up on, on demonstrating that love towards those people. I am saying our ability to love each other, our ability to love even our own family members is based on understanding or receiving the love of God. Because our own ability to love is too limited, praise God. When we look at what happens in the nations or in the countries, even in the time that we are now, let me say families are held together by the power of love. Marriages are held together by the power of love. Where strangers come together and make a life together, there is power of love. But the, the, the thing that I want to emphasize is, yes, we, we see communities coming together, people from different backgrounds, people with different understanding of life. They come together and live together in unity because of love. But our ability to love is limited. That is why we are seeing even the problems that are breaking out. You know, if everyone was able to walk in the power of God's love, we wouldn't be talking about uh, countries raising against each other. We would be talking about family members raising against each other. So that in itself tells me that in as much as our lives, our families, and everything that we do, even as a nation, is put together and held intact by the power of love, there is a limitation that is bathing the problems that we start to see in our communities, even in our own families. You know, we, we, we hear stories of siblings who do not see eye to eye. 
We hear stories of parents and children who cannot see eye to eye. Why is that? There was love once upon a time. But because the human kind of love is limited, the human kind of love is reciprocal. It, it responds to things that are done or things that we experience. We become limited. And so we see that there is love withdrawn, whether in family settings, whether as a nation, even in workplaces, every place, we see that sometimes, once upon a time, there was love. But at one point, the love was, was withdrawn. Our love for each other as humans is limited. But the only love that supersedes, that goes above, is the love of God. Praise the Lord. Many a times, we, we, people press demands on each other. We press demands for love from one another. Sometimes we are pressing a demand to receive a kind of love that a human being has no uh, capacity to give. We press a demand probably that we cannot even give ourselves. The problem being that when we withdraw or when we stand out from the uh, power of God's love, our ability to love becomes limited. Just flashing back to the scripture that we read in uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 5. It shows us the nature of God's love. I highlighted earlier on the three words that were, uh, that were uh, spoken in that while we were in sin, while we were ungodly, while we were powerless, God looked at us. We did not qualify. We did not suit the, you know, the, 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 the box. But in that state, Christ died for us. What manner of love is that? One thing that I want us to start to realize is that they are, they, the love of God is so vast that we cannot even start to describe it and understand it with our human mind. But one thing that stands out for me when I look through the word of God is the love of God, number one, it's a persistent kind of love. I did say our human love is limited by uh, what I am receiving. It is very easy to have love today and have no love tomorrow because we are limited. But the love of God is a persistent kind of love. What do I mean by that? It is a love that suffers, uh, that is long-suffering. It does not give up. It does not judge. It is not, uh, it is not built or, or anchored by what we do, but it is a pure form of love that God has demonstrated to us as humanity. When we start to look in the word of God, we see the persistence of the love of God right from um, the, the beginning of creation. Adam and Eve are in the garden. God is, uh, God is so much in love with his creation, but his creation steps away from God. The Bible tells us how Adam and Eve chose to obey or to listen to the serpent, to the deceiver, instead of what God had says. But we see that when God comes, Adam and Eve are hiding away from God, but God is the one who is pursuing them. God is the one who is saying, where are you, Adam? Where are you? What has happened? What manner of love? Despite that, they are abandoning God. They are trying to move away from God. We see God pursuing them in love. 
And even though God judged them and sent them out of the garden, as we know from the story uh, in Genesis, we see that they were naked, they were covering themselves with leaves. But we see God breaking through with love. The Bible says God killed animals, took the skin and gave them clothes. So we see a God that even in judgment, he still judges with love. His um, judgment is, uh, is uh, overridden by the power of his love. Praise the Lord. We can continue to look through even the children of Israel. Uh, Ruth read a, a good scripture earlier on. When God, when, when in, in Exodus, when God says, I have seen my people in bondage, but because he is a God of love, when he saw them in bondage, he, he did not, he chose to go and deliver them. When you read that story, God takes them, walks through them uh, through the wilderness. While they were in the wilderness, they forgot God who had delivered them from a place where they were being abused, where they were slaves, where they were being uh, uh, overworked. They forgot God. They started to complain against God. They murmured against God. When we read through the story of the children of Israel, they turned their back away from God. They, uh, they, they built gods with their own hands, uh, using gold uh, and, and stuff, uh, golden images, uh, and they started to worship those things. But guess what? God did not abandon them to death in the wilderness. God still breaks through for them and demonstrates his love for them. I am talking about a love that does not give up, a love that is persistent, a love that is not governed by what we are doing or how we are responding to that love. We hear that even in the wilderness, God, God, would, God would break out as a fire by night, as a cloud by day. Why? Because he loved his people. He wanted to continue to guide them. He wanted to continue to provide shade for them. We hear how God gave them food in form of manna. What manner of love? Praise the Lord. But then when we continue to, to read the story, they continued to murmur, to complain against God. They turned their back from God. They did all sorts of things against God who was fighting for them and taking them to a greater promise. They rejected him. But God did not reject them. There is a time in the Bible when, when, the, when the Bible says all prophets were silenced. It's known as the Dark Ages. That's the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Everything went quiet at that point. As though God had abandoned them. But guess what? The next thing that we hear, God breaks forth in John chapter, in John chapter, in John chapter, uh, chapter 1. We hear that uh, the word became flesh came and dwelt among us. I'm talking about a persistent love. God following his people right from Eden, and they, they rejected him. All the way through the wilderness, they worshipped the idols. They did everything that they wanted. They turned their back away from God. In as much as God would be angry, and sometimes God would release judgment, but his love continues to rise above his judgment. Jesus Christ turns on the sin, and the Bible says in John, when Jesus turned up in verse 11, on verse 11 of chapter 1 of John, it says, he came among his people, but his people did not receive him. They still rejected him. This is God breaking forth in love, but they rejected him. They even uh, uh, chose that he be crucified and a criminal be saved. That's the nature of the human heart sometimes. 
you know, inability even to receive love, inability to connect with genuine and true love. And, and at the end, Jesus is crucified. He resurrected. But guess what? When Jesus was ascending back to heaven, he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will leave you with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a persistent love, a God who continues to make a way to remain connected with his people and to continues to make a way to demonstrate love towards his people. Jesus said, I can't just abandon you. My love for you is so deep. I'll leave you with the Holy Spirit, a persistent love, a love that does not respond to wrongs, but a love that is deep and that is genuine. And we, we hear later on in the, in the New Testament, Apostle Paul teaches, and he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Why was he teaching that? Because while the others in the past rejected God, and they rejected Jesus when he came in person, even when the Holy Spirit has been poured and given to us to help us, to teach us, to direct us, people are still denying the power of the Holy Spirit. They still deny to be taught, to be guided, to be corrected by the Holy Spirit. And Apostle Paul says, do not, uh, do not resist the Holy Spirit. Do you know what does that tell me? It tells me that we can look back and we say the Israelites rejected God. We can look back and say Adam and Eve rejected God. But the fact that the church is being told, do not resist the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. It means even to our time, we are still resisting God in as much as he demonstrates his love. He pursues us with his love. We are still rejecting him. We are still quenching him. We are still denying his love. You know, outside of God, it becomes impossible to be able to give and to receive love. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about a love that is persistent, a love that does not give up, a love that continues to seek the, his people. One musician sang and said, there is no, no shadow he won't light up. There is no wall he won't kick down coming after you. That's how persistent he is. He says there is no mountain he won't climb up. And there is no valley he won't go deep into. Just seeking you and me. Praise the Lord. We are talking about a God whose love does not fail. Whose love rises above his judgment. In the fact that even in times and moments that we choose to do our own thing outside of him. He continues to pursue us with his love. So his love is a persistent, a persistent kind of love. The second thing about the nature of his love, I said we cannot exhaust, we can only see a glimpse of his love. His love is so deep. His love is so deep. John chapter 15, 13 says, John 15, 13, it says, greater love has no man than this, that a man dies for his friend. That's how deep the love of God is. The love of God is so deep that it cuts through. It overlooks. It cuts through feelings of anger, feelings of bitterness, feelings of rejection. It cuts deeper. 
that's why you see sometimes when people encounter the love of God, they break down into tears. And you wonder, why is it that uh, such a grown person is sobbing like this? Because the love of God is so deep, it penetrates to those areas that no one is able to heal, that no one is able to restore, those areas that no one would understand, even if you try to explain. His love is deeper, deeper than the oceans, one musician said, higher than the mountains. It's, it reaches us when we are deep, deep in our lowest. He comes there pursuing us, reaches to us, and he brings us up. When we are stuck in the valley, he does not give up. His love is too deeper to abandon. Praise the Lord. It cuts through. It is a love that is so deep that it accepts the unacceptable. It heals those who, are un, who, those who think their situation is not healable. He is so persistent that until the healing happens, he pursues you. He does not give up in the same way that we see in the Bible story. His, his love does not give up. Praise the Lord. I did right here and I said it cuts through anger. It cuts through bitterness. No matter what has been done to you, there are situations that when somebody wants to ask you to forgive, your answer is you don't understand what really happened. When somebody is telling you to let go of the bitterness, you say, do you know what? I can't even start to explain because you won't understand what really happened. But let me say, tell you one thing. There is one person who understands, and that person is so persistent, and his name is Jesus. He pursues you. He understands what no man can understand. He reaches places that no man can, can, he can be able to reach. He restores, and he brings families together. He restores, and he brings brokenness. He accepts the rejected. He is deep in that way. Praise the Lord. So I said his love is persistent in that he does not give up until the mission is accomplished. Number two, the love is so deep, there is nothing that love cannot reach to. There is nothing that love cannot cut through to. There is no one that love cannot reach. It's a love that is available to everyone. Praise the Lord. It is deeper. One musician said it is deeper than all my problems, deeper than all my pain, deeper than all my past experience. So is the love of God. Praise the Lord. We are talking about a love, a love that, a, a love that, that, that knows no racial boundaries, a love that knows no gender boundaries, a love that is not, a, that, it, that knows, that, that is not governed by what we have done or where we have been. But he invites he invites even those who are stuck up in a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of guilt or shame because of things that have happened in the past. His love is deep that he touches those parts. He heals those parts. He restores such people and he brings them and calls him his children. Praise the Lord. The third thing about the nature of this love is that it is empowering. It is an empowering kind of love. You know, some people, they look at God. And they think God is a, an old man holding a, a big stick, waiting to judge and boom you every time you do something wrong and boom you after every time you do something wrong. But that is, that is kind of a religious kind of God. But the God we are talking about, it's a God who is a persistent lover, a God whose love is so deep, and a God whose love 
is so empowering. The word of God tells us there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who embrace this kind of love, you are not condemned anymore. It doesn't matter where you have been, what you have touched, where whatever has been said or done on you. He does not condemn you. His love is so empowering. It is the love of God that enables us to love one another. It is the love of God that enables us to forgive. It is the love of God that enables us to let go of bitterness, anger, and things like that. His love empowers us to do such. It empowers transformation. You know, I've heard some people who say, you know what, I would love to worship God, I'd love to go to church, but I'm so bad, I need to fix myself first. What we don't realize, we cannot fix ourselves. Like I said earlier on, we are so limited in our ability. But what makes us able is when we embrace the love of Christ. It's a love that empowers. It empowers you to become like Christ. It empowers you to righteousness. It empowers you to walk away from sin. It empowers you to overcome addictions and problems that have bound you for a long time. You know, I've met some people who encounters the love of God. And they wake up one day and say, do you know what? I have completely lost appetite of some of the uh, addictions that were holding me hostage for many years. What has happened? The impact of the love of God. His love rises. It is deeper and it digs to the roots and it pulls you out and it makes you stand as a victor. Such is the love of God. Praise the Lord. So I said, uh, it is empowering. Many of us, sometimes we, we find it hard to move forward because of the things we have done or the things we have judged ourselves for having done. But here, this child of God, God loves you and he is pursuing you regardless of what you have done. It is coming to him that empowers you to become victorious even in all the battles that you might be going through. Maybe you are battling with some sinful tendencies and you are embarrassed about uh, the fact that you do such things. Uh, but hear this, the love of God is empowering. When you embrace the love of God, you are empowered uh, to break out of those chains, uh, to break out of those things uh, that have held you down for years. Praise the Lord. So I said it is a persistent love. It is a love that is deep and it is a love that is uh, empowering. Praise God. And maybe the question that is going on uh, in, our, in our own hearts. In fact, I meant to, to, to say, uh, you know, even us as the church, we are in a time where we, we are kind of uh, in between. We are transitioning. Our pastor is gone. We don't know what's going on. Do you know where our security is? It's in knowing that God loves us. When we understand that God loves us, and God loves Center Church, there is power and security when we find our identity in the love of God. Because when you understand the depth of the love, the persistence of his love, and how empowering his love is, that gives you confidence to step out boldly without fear. It gives us confidence that God has a greater plan even for Center Church because his love is deeper and greater than our fears, our anxieties, or anything that could be causing us to be unstable. Deeper than anything, higher than any mountain, is the love of God. Maybe the question that we could be asking 
is what do I do with this kind of love? Maybe we have got, a, maybe we have got our own situations. Maybe we have got a, things happening even in our own families. Maybe we have got things uh, happening inside in our own hearts. And we are thinking, uh, uh, what do I do with, this, with, the, with, with these things? How do we respond to this kind of love? A love that is empowering. A love that is deep. Number one, you've got to, em to embrace this love through Christ. Let me say one thing. Outside God is love. And outside of God, yes, people do love one another. But let me tell you, the kind of love that exists outside of God, I did explain, it is driven by what I am getting back out of it. And the problem is most of the time, it is very easy to exploit each other in the name of love. Then it is also easy to be, to be selfish in the kind of the human love. So what do we do with the love, with the nature of the love of God that is this deep? We have got to embrace that love and it's only available through Christ Jesus. You know, when you invite Christ in your heart and you make him the Lord of your life and you allow him to take root in your heart, it becomes inevitable for you to walk in this kind of love. You will start to realize that suddenly you are able to forgive. Suddenly you are able to walk in, in, in a love that is persistent, that is long-suffering, that is forgiving. Why? Because God is love himself. When he comes to dwell in your heart, in the person of, uh, 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 of, uh, of the Holy Spirit, he empowers you to walk in this love. The problem that we have, do you know even in our time, is that we want to love and to walk in love, but outside of God. That is equivalent as drinking from an empty cup and expect your thirst to be quenched. You will remain thirsty and desire. You can go through the motions and motions of love, but the results amounts to nothing. Outside of Christ, the love that we get, it's a perverted kind of love. The deep and true kind of love is only available in Christ Jesus. So I said, number one, embrace that kind of love. You know, the more you connect, you connect with God, the more loving you become. The more you kind of disconnect from God, the more you start to see sometimes some areas of your heart that you had no idea about some ungodly things that start to well up from inside but the more you connect with God the more you see his love overshadowing everything that you are and that you are doing praise the Lord the second thing what do we do with this love someone would be saying I have embraced Christ I'm already in Christ I seem to be struggling in this area what do I do with this love the second thing is grow in this love Grow, be established in this love. I've given this example before, but let me tell you one thing. If someone gives you a key to a mansion, and then you open the door, you enter and you stand in the, in the hallway, and spend months and weeks standing in the hallway, you'll be complaining that there is no food in this house, but the food is in the kitchen. You'll be complaining there is no way to shower in this house. But there is a bathroom there. What you need to do is to start to explore the mansion of which you have received the keys for and enjoy everything that is contained in that mansion. 
The problem, sometimes we come to Christ, we just enter and we stand in the entrance and we say, oh, are you a Christian? Yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I believe in Jesus. But we don't experience anything that Jesus is. We don't experience the depth of his love. Why? Because we need to start to grow in that love. We need to be established in that love. This is what the word of God says. This is Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, it says that, uh, from verse 17 onwards, this is the prayer of Paul. He says, I pray that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width, the length, and the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge. And that it may and that you may experience the fullness of God. One of the major problems that the church is uh, experiencing right now is that people enters, they receive the key. The Bible says Christ is the door. So they open the door and they enter. And that's it. But the call that is coming to us is that grow in that love. Be established in that love. Be built up in that love. And how does, does that look like? It says, you know, when you read the word of God, when you interact with the word of God, you take that word, you apply it on how you do your life, how you make your decisions, how you set your family structures, how you build everything that is around you through the word of God. You see, sometimes uh, we think that, oh, we don't want to be given rules. And I'm thinking they're not rules. This is the way to grow and to be established in Christ. Some people entered, stood in the hallway, in, in the hallway, and then the word of God tells them, this is how to deal with these things. This is how you deal when you are afraid. This is what to do when you have such problems. They don't want to hear that. They still want to use the strategies from the world, the strategies that are outside of the word of God. When they are still standing in the inside, they are saying we are in Christ. The problem is when we don't grow in Christ, we lose the abundance of what is in Christ. We fail to experience the fullness of the love that Christ gives, the, 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 the love that is persistent, that is deep, that does not give up. We fail to experience that empowerment that comes with the love of Christ when we embrace. So the call to us is, okay, you have embraced it through Christ, but the next stage is grow in that love. Establ be established in that love. Let everything that concerns yourself your, 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 your destiny, your life, everything. Allow the word of God to speak. Allow the word of God to advise. Allow the word of God to direct. And that is how to become established and build up in him. Praise the Lord. And the final thing. So I said we can only, we can only embrace it through Christ. Outside of Christ, we can drink and drink and drink. We remain thirsty until we step in. And drink from the source of love, who is God himself. And number two, it does not end by entering just to say, now I'm in Christ, I'm a Christian. You need to be established, to grow up, to be rooted in him. And the third thing, and the third and the final thing, is that somebody will be saying, me, I'm, I, 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 I have embraced the love, Christ. I am growing in Christ, I've not stopped. 
And the thing, the, the third thing we need to do is to become conduit of that conduit of that love. Let's share that love. We we have received this kind of love that does not judge. This love that is welcoming. This love that is uh, that is embracing. This love that is so deep and that does not give up. This love that is not driven by what I get in, in return. But a love that is driven by our response to that Christ died for us. In times when we were weak. In times when we, when we were sinners. In times when we were ungodly. And to know that Christ died for me at that point drives how I move. And how I love others, how I forgive others, how I deal with those around me. So I said, number three, share the love. Share the love. You can imagine if the whole world, or should I not even say the whole world, if all Christians would choose to be rooted in the love of God and start to be conduits of that love. If every believer, everyone who says uh, Jesus is Lord, if they can operate in the overflow of the love of Christ, you can imagine how our cities will look like. You can imagine how our nation will look like. How our families will look like when we start to become conduits of that love. How do we, how do we show that love? We become, we become the ones who, we become the ones who are quick to forgive. We become the ones who are quick to embrace. We become the ones who are willing to listen and to understand. We become the ones who are willing to hold those who are tired and weary and help them go up. You see, the problem with us as humans, sometimes we find strength in someone's weakness. When we were thinking that someone is, um, you know, they've got everything intact and they are doing well. The moment they disclose to you that I'm struggling with this, with this, we feel empowered. Because we feel that now we are better than them. But for us to walk in this love, we become the ones who are the source of godly conversations in places that we are. We become the ones who brings conversations that steers, that steers hope in those who are, who are hopeless. This morning, I don't know what is going on in your own life. I don't know how God was ministering to you. All I know is uh, we serve a God whose love is deep, whose love is persistent, and whose love does not give up. As we come to the end this morning, I want us just to, just to make a scan through our own lives and just look through the inside and look through the things that are around us. What is God saying to you concerning the love that is available? I did say, Apostle Paul says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is still at work today, nagging hearts, knocking on people's hearts. To say, open your heart. Let the love of Christ dwell in your heart. To say, rise up. Grow in this love. Rise up. Maybe there's somebody that God is calling you to reach out with the love. Maybe some of us, when we live here, God is pointing us in places where we need to go and forgive some people. And connect with some people. And be conduits of love in every place. That we are in. Praise the Lord. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centerchurch.uk or check out our website at www.center-church.uk.